Hey guys, welcome to Search for Truth. I'm your host, James Wagner. Uh, I just had a really awesome conversation uh, with my buddy, Mishy. I haven't talked with him in quite a while, so it was really cool to catch up. And he has a really inspiring story, um, a really important story that I think there's going to be somebody who hears it that really connects on a deep level, and they're going to be going through something similar. And... Um, they'll see that there's hope. So yeah, without further ado, guys, it was awesome. Um, take a listen. Thank you for being on my podcast, man. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you for inviting me. If I sound nervous, it's because this is my first time doing any sort of podcast. So oh, cool. it's great to be here. Yeah. And, and no worries, man. I mean, it's really just like, just like our conversations that we have all of our super interesting, you know, cosmic level <laughs> conversation. So it's all good. Absolutely. Yeah. It's been a long time. And yeah. uh, I've just been so busy lately. And I think we've all been pretty busy nowadays. Wouldn't you say hasn't everybody kind of had a lot on their mind? When I when I say busy, I don't mean like physically busy. I mean mentally mm. busy. I feel like there's a lot mm. there's a lot of running around in here nowadays for a lot of us there's a lot of questions that we're asking it's like where are we going what's the point of all this you know how long is this going to last and i'm sure there's also a lot of regret and um if only i had done that or mm. you know things like that and it's we do the best we can to you know live with <laughs> live as well as we can with in this moment because this moment is all there is yeah man that is so well said i feel the f i mean this running around on the inside you know because so much in the world we've neglected that we've ignored that we're saying like well your internal state is irrelevant we just need you to show up we need you to perform whatever it happens to be right and now we're all quite forced into acknowledging that part of ourselves so i love the way you phrase that we're all so busy we're busy in here it's oh man i love it <laughs> thank you yeah because that's it's the reality it's the reality of it but the thing is it's the reality of many many years now we're just facing it yes. at this point so i want to i want to get to know a little bit about your story just a little bit about you know Let's get to know Mitchie. <laughs> okay. Well, where do I begin to tell the story of a guy like me? Um, I was uh, raised by my single mom, mm. and I was born overseas. And uh, unfortunately, there was just a lot going on in for between my parents and they just weren't meant to be so mm. before i was a year old they got divorced and uh that kind of took a toll on me because my mom was busy all the time she was working two jobs and she left she left me in the best care she could find um and uh you know <clears throat> but uh let's see how do i navigate this towards something towards a bright light because it's kind <laughs> of know. going uh, this is kind of going in a self-pity story and i don't want that okay. i you know 
Um, let's see my story. Well, it's all right, man. I mean, even if it goes there, I'll help you yeah. get to the other side. It's all good. Okay, I appreciate that. Yeah. Can I ask you a question real quick? Of course, of course. Yeah. Um, can you just, uh, for my own clarity as well as people who are listening, yeah. can you just kind of give us a, a little introduction about what this podcast is all about? Because, uh, you know, obviously, I know you're a very wise man. You're a very personal friend. And we've done a lot of great things together. Mm. But, you know, I would really like to just hear you tell me. I just want to hear you narrate <laughs> your story behind this podcast. Behind the podcast. I sure. I'd be happy to. Um, the main premise of the podcast is the person sitting in front of you is amazing. Full stop, period. It doesn't matter who it is, where you are, what your situation is. Every single person on earth is amazing. They have an incredible story. They have survived insurmountable odds. They have gone through something that will just make your jaw drop, guaranteed. They've, the, the variety is incredible. And so this podcast is taking the time to sit and ask because we never do. We never ask about the person sitting in front of us. We just talk about ourselves or we talk about some other thing that's outside of our realm of control, like politics and religion and the whole, all those topics that really makes us feel powerless. So this is a space to honor the person sitting across from me. And right now, that's you. Gotcha. <laughs> well, that's really, really sweet. And that's really, really powerful. And that also gives me a great sense of direction. Great. How to narrate my story, because the truth is, James, I've never been really good at keeping track of my story because mm -hmm. to tell my story is like, you have to kinda, it's, it's like, it's even more complicated than the way Pulp Fiction was filmed, if you know what I mean. Mm, like, yeah, you know how yeah. in Pulp Fiction, it starts off in a coffee shop and they start to, they, they, they try to rob the place and then the opening credits and then the next thing they're driving in a car and, and then they go that way and then they go back and do this over here and then they go even further back and blah, blah, blah. And then the mm. robbery from the beginning is waiting for us at the end and it's, it all kind of comes together in the end. Yeah, my story like that, and um, so I guess the coffee, the coffee scene of my life, yeah. the opening scene of my life, yeah, is that as soon as I came out, I my mom has told me that I had a great sense of who I was. That hmm. you know, when she saw me for the first time, she told me that she didn't see a mini her nor did she see a mini version of um, my father. She just saw a very unique, one-of-a-kind person. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. she inherit a lot of her parents, obviously. Like, my mom's, her mom's this, her dad's that. Mm. And the same with my dad. But for some, for some reason, I didn't remind her of herself or her parents or my dad and his side. And um, so I guess um, I can say that I, 
have never really been much of a groupie. So back to kind of where I was going with my mom working all the time and leaving me in care. You know, that was all great. I had a place, I had a place to stay where I was safe. I had something to eat. Um, I wasn't out on the streets starving to death. So it was, it was a life that was better than others, but still has difficulty being appreciated for what it was. I'm still working on that. Does that make sense, man? Yeah, well, I mean, it sounds like from the jump, already you're having this really almost like weight put on you of like, you are this unique thing. And it's like, okay, that's that's nice. But now I don't have a, I don't have a litmus test to kind of go off of. I don't have examples to pull from. Now I just need to make it all up and then divorce and then the single mom thing. And then you're isolated all the time. So then they're just compounding, man. Like, okay. Your physical form was taken care of, but all that other stuff is heavy. That's a lot to go through. Uh-huh. I mean, that makes a lot of sense to me, you know, being able to see that now. And how far you've come is miraculous. It's incredible. Thank you. Um, I was scared a lot. That, yeah. To make a long story short, I was scared a lot. I. Yeah. I didn't ha- I didn't have any brothers or sisters either. I was m- my parents' only child and um at least uh at least my mom's only child. Um where my dad went is another story. Um but my um so sometimes when I was at other people's houses for instance being watched there were f- the, ki- the the brother the brothers would adopt me and start picking on me. Oh, as if God. I was their baby brother, you know what I mean? I see. And, and I used to take them very seriously because I didn't have a choice about staying with them in the first place. You know what I mean? It was, mm-hmm. There was a sense of we're bigger, we're stronger, do as we say if you want mm-hmm. to live. Because, okay. again, I was constantly terrified. And, the, um, and I never told my mother this because I didn't know how. All that mattered whenever my mom came back was I had her again. You know what I mean? Mm. All that mattered when my mom was back was that she was back. I didn't care that I had just spent the last eight hours being traumatized by uh, the the boy versions of the Shining Twins. You know what I mean? Oh, the, my the, God. The living, yeah. The living male versions of the Shining Twins. Do you get what I mean? That like, come yeah, and play yeah. with us, Missy, forever and ever and ever. Only they were alive. So yeah. it, it, it physically happened. And now it's a mental. Now it's mental. Now they're. Mm-hmm. And those ghosts, that now they're dead. You know, those children are dead. Um, and yet, nowadays, I'm kind of going through a grown up Danny Torrance trauma. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm trying my best not to. Like, I'm trying to keep that in check. And, um, but, um, I wasn't scared all of the time. I was scared a lot, but not all of the time. May I tell you about the times where it was actually really awesome? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'd love to hear it. Well, when I did get to see my dad, for example, he used to show me pictures of 
when I was in the hospital and he'd show me pictures of my grandparents and, you know, he, he's kind of the one who really got me to understand who my father was, who my mother was, you know, it's because had it not been for my dad kind of saying, look, Mitchie, that's your mom, that's your grandma, that's your grandpa, that's me, I'm your daddy, and that's you, and this is you when you were born, this is you when you were two, and so he, he kept pictures of me, and that made me feel very cared for and important like I mattered you know like he made me feel like I mattered when he did watch over me on that one Saturday does that make sense yeah and um I uh never really understood why um we uh I couldn't see him more often because when I did see him it was a break from the busy life that my mom didn't have a choice about leaning for me. I know she did the best she could. And so she is not, I just want to say at the beginning, my mother is not the villain of my story. And yeah. no one is. There's no such thing as a villain and a hero. The, the villain and hero exist within each of us. I mean, mm. you know, and mm-hmm. the significance of that villain or that heroicness depends on our point of view, it depends on what we choose to give a damn about, if you know what I mean. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it true is what we choose to give our energy to, to give exactly. our focus to, right? I mean, that's the that's the world today is our focus is is everything. Focus so, is everything. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. That's uh that's quite a story and I can relate too. I mean, I'm an only child, divorced parents. I mean, we <laughs> it's it's huh. it's similar. Of course, quite different, you know. Um, but that's how we are. Yeah. You know, there is these, hmm. I was just going to say the last time I came to your house, your mom was visiting and you two reminded of my mom and I. Really? So when I saw you and your mom and the way she thought compared to the way you think and, you know, the way she values and the way she cares for people, the way you do that, it's like, Wow, she is so your mom. Oh and, wow! <laughs> and what? And I'm just—I just want to say I'm really, 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 really proud of her, and I'm really, really proud of you. And so, um, I thanks, man. You came from a good mom, and <laughs> I think. And yeah. um, wherever I go, wherever I go, there's always somebody who sees me and tells me. You had good, you had good parents, you know, and it's very clear by the way you present yourself, the way you speak to others, the way you care for others, you must have had really good parents. And, um, and there are times where my mom's in the room when somebody tells me that. And so, oh, cool. That, that's that's a meaningful nice. thing to me. That's a very special thing to me. Yeah. Wow. That mm-hmm. always must feel nice for her, you know, as well, hearing Absolutely. that. I gave her a lot of crap later in life because yeah. it was e- very easy to blame her for making me feel abandoned in the care of others. And I really couldn't stand her not knowing if worse, not caring mm. that a lot of these people would beat me physically and they would yell at me and they would threaten me. And, you know, they, they weren't trying to hurt me they were just trying to 
teach me some discipline, which I respect. I appreciate that. Mm. But I became very scared to move. Right. And as I got older, that really, really disabled me from knowing right from wrong. Mm. And um, um, so I've been spending the present moment. I've been working lately just to come back to the now for a moment Yeah. on just understanding how to unlearn certain thoughts, mm. change my mindset, to re rewire my brain, to rewire my heart, to totally, just totally reset. You know what I mean? And because I have a really great life now, I'm, I've never been happier. I've made a lot of progress personally, and I know that. And, and yet I'm still haunted by my past. You know what I mean? And I think a lot of us are on some level or another. And knowing that puts me at a lot of ease, just so you know. And, um, Mm. and it, motivates me to keep working on it you know what i mean because i'm far from perfect and uh if the way i talk doesn't give that away um but more than anything i'm just trying to tell remember my story so that i'm not being lied to but also not being tormented you know what i mean like i don't want to i don't want to go back and tell you that my dad was always there that i lived like richie rich's twin mitchie rich and um i wish i could tell myself that and i've tried that like a lot of other scared children have tried that i've tried to reimagine my life like it was a magical thing and as far as where I am right now, it's just a pit stop towards a happily ever after Disney movies sequence. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And um, where was I going with that? Um, the point is... Sorry. No, not at all. I mean, you were bringing, bringing us back to the present and working through everything that, that you've been through. And you mentioned what I think is an incredibly important point and that's this balance of allowing yourself to really be honest about what happened okay you know what these are the facts this is what i went through there's no sense in pretending or lying at the same time not being controlled and dominated by those thoughts and by those memories it's almost like well look how far i've come right it's it's a it's a story involved with that a relationship Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's like, I mean, that's that's what I was hearing. Yeah, you know, to kind of wrap up the chapter of my mom, just because yeah. talking about me and not that much about them. Um, here's what made me, here's what rewired how I used to think about her, because I had mentioned how I had given her a lot of crap later in life. Right. What right. got me to snap out of it, basically, was after my breakup, and it was my first and only relationship um 
you know, I was trying really, really hard to be tough. I was in deep shock too. And to be be screamed at over the phone. It's like, this is so not like you. This is not Mm. your, and I was just really scared of that. I was really tormented. I didn't know what was going to happen. Um, and I walked to work one day and my mom who lived nearby, she saw me walking by and it was quite a serendipity experience where we just happened to be both at the right place at the right time. She uh, pulled over and offered me a ride to work. Hmm. And as soon as I got into the car, I broke down. Mm. What had happened? And she said two words I'm never going to forget because she used to say it all the time when I was a kid. Um, she said, I know. Oh. And she, said it, she said it very affectionately. She couldn't hug me because she was driving, but, right. you know, she said, I know. And it reminded me of all the time she said it in the hospital. It reminded me of all the time she said it. Bad days at school. Um and uh it just reminded me of all the time she really was there and the mm-hmm. feeling that she had abandoned me was just some was just some idea that had gotten out of control and needed to be worked on mm, wow. and whenever it started to come up again that's working on that became kind of the direction moving forward you might say yeah so that's kind of where I've been. And and there are times, man, where those memories still come back of how I, that was the way I felt in the moment, even if that's not what really happened. I, I, I think I think I know what happened, but I really oh, don't right. know for sure. My memory likes to play tricks on me. It, it likes to poke me and be like, hey, remember when this happened? But honestly, I don't, you know, all I know is that I was scared. And when I was scared, it's even easier for the mind, for my mind to fuck with me. And, um, and when you don't have your dad there consistently, when you don't have your mom and dad teaching you who you are and how to control who you are. Um, and when you're constantly being dropped off here and there, because that's the thing I, I need, I need to know who my mother is. You know what I mean? Who is my mother? And that was kind of the issue that I had with her growing up. Mm -hmm. Um, But she's really quite the hero, quite the contrary. She she -hmm. worked her butt off. And um, she she, uh, stood up for me. Anyway, um, where was I going with all that? Um, I think that um, I think the thing that bothers me the most, more than ever, is just regretting what I wish I could do differently. You know, just so that mm. I wouldn't have gotten hurt. Like now that I know what to look for when something bad is happening. I wish I could go back and give my, you know, I wish I could go back in a time machine and warn myself not to trust that person. You know what I mean? Right. 
right, right. We all have feelings like that at times, I think, don't we? And um, definitely, because I was a, because I was. Um, I'm not gonna lie to you. I was had a lot of difficulties with romance and relationship, and you know, I was so so desperate for love. I let myself give into pressure from a couple of guys who were much older than I was. And there was already a lot of confusion about orientation, sexuality, all of this coming in and out, going back in, coming back out, um, all of this coming out, changing their mind. All There's a lot of that going on right now and it's not being discussed enough. I'm, I want people to figure out who they are and yes. I want them to embrace who yes. they are, of course. Exactly. But when it's happening all the time out in public, and I'm not saying don't do it in public. What I'm saying is when that's happening, it can be a little bit confusing yeah. when you don't know who you are, when you don't know what's so special about you. You know what I mean? So that pressure in school, that pressure in the media, that pressure in the wanting to be loved, how to get it, that's kind of what I'm mm. trying to talk about. You know what I mean? That's oh, the absolutely. point I'm trying to make. that makes sense? Oh, it makes and, uh, all the sense in the world. I mean, that's such a, a commonly misunderstood experience for people. And you had a very extreme experience with this, with the childhood and with being raised the way you were and all of the, the so much stimulation and the confusion and all of that happening because the number one human need is connection. Uh-huh. Number one. I mean, we want to connect with each other. We want to be loved and love both ways. And when that's not there, yeah, you'll do anything to get it, you know, and some mm-hmm. people will go to certain extremes for that. And that's, such a natural response and now we're seeing all of these things coming up where people are saying like well yeah i want to connect but who is this person who wants to connect it's there's so many layers (laughs) exactly exactly yeah um i think there's a lot of i think there's a lot of encouragement in the world right now to discover Mm. yourself first and i feel like i'm noticing especially within myself i'm becoming less and less interested in finding love and romance out there but very interested in creating it within myself i love being in love with myself i love yes (laughs) <laughs> I love treating myself like I'm the only one on the date. So more food for me, more hot tub for me, right. more chocolate and wine in bed for me, more bed space for me. That's what going on a date by yourself, everything that I would love to do with somebody else, I do it by myself just because I enjoy it anyway. Mm-hmm. And um, the same feeling of I am enough, I am awesome, yes. I am beautiful, I am loved it's it's there right there and um you know it's uh it really hasn't been the end of the world as far as right now is concerned Mm. to be single it's actually been quite a blessing to be single i'm yeah for the first time i i enjoy chatting on people chatting with a few people on social media from time to time but we don't talk every single minute of every single day Mm -hmm. 
and it's kind of distant and that's okay because that's really not that's really not going to make a difference in my overall happiness mm. my decision my my energy what i choose to focus on is where my happiness comes from you know what i mean absolutely and being in a space of loving yourself and putting your own happiness at the forefront of all the decisions of course we live in a in a in a universe that has the, what's called the law of mirroring so uh -huh. our internal state is mirrored externally so the more you really genuinely start to love yourself and make peace with all of the parts of yourself because little known secret we all we all have multiple personality disorder some of uh -huh. us are just better at hiding it <laughs> i mean that's that's the reality and so the more you make peace with all of those parts within yourself, the more you'll start to see it externally as well. And so uh -huh. you get to like really get in touch with that and genuinely feel that love. And then you don't really need all that external stuff, but it shows up anyway. It's really ironic. I know. It's beautiful, man. Beautiful. Really proud of you. Well, thank you. Thank you. Um, let's see. Um, I was just thinking about how you just got me to think about another side of something that I oh. think about all the time, but now I'm thinking it from yet another eye. And, okay. Um, I'm it's just fun. thinking about how when I first met my first, it was on an airplane. And when I saw her, I just couldn't resist. She was the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen. I couldn't explain why, but she just, she just had these eyes. I feel like Aladdin right now. She had these eyes that just, and this hair, and but her smile. Oh, it was like a princess. To even have a chance, I'd have to be she. You know, I really wish I could have been a prince in that moment. And, uh, but here's the thing. I, uh, it was a miracle when, as the plane took off, um, she started talking to me because I had, I was really busy. Again, I was busy up here mm. and I was thinking about how I want to talk to this woman, but I really don't want to, I don't want to sound awkward or creepy and I don't want to. <laughs> spook her away and what's the point where as soon as we get off yeah. the airplane we're going to see each other again blah blah Feel blah that. and on the other hand this has been the first time in many years that i've been on a plane and the last time i went on a plane it was to the place where those guys that i mentioned earlier were waiting for so mm. i had come back to oregon from that trauma never wanting to leave again you know what yeah. i mean it's like the world is an evil scary place stay in your secret garden of portland where at least people don't beat the shit out of you for being weird you know what i mean yeah and um, yeah, of course. i say beat the shit out of you i mean with the words with the mm. with the attitude and the the way they make you feel when you're around them because they don't like the way they feel around you without really giving getting a chance to know you you know what i mean well that's giving a chance to know you and that's worse. That kind of being beaten up is worse because it takes so much longer to heal. I mean, uh -huh. yeah, absolutely, man. Anyway, we uh, to come back to meeting my first. Yeah. Um, the plane was about to take off, 
And I admit I was I was extremely nervous and yeah, under a lot of emotional and mental pressure. Yeah. I kind of grabbed my leg and in panic and maybe I was trying a little bit to get her attention. I don't know. Maybe right. I can myself. Would I get another chance anyway? But the beautiful angel took took my arm, my right arm, and she said very gently, it's okay, you're safe. Really? Just like my, just like my mother said, I know. You know, yeah, it, was that, yeah. it was that tone. You know what I mean? It was that that tone of love. You yeah. Know, that you're never too busy to appreciate. You know what mm. I mean? Ooh. Never too busy appreciate that tone of love you know what i mean yes you just got me on a theme here man love so, it. Uh, <laughs> um and it was there when it all started and i i actually lit up and yeah. totally relaxed and i looked into her eyes and i i told her my name and she told me hers and um her kids were actually with her so um they were sitting to her right and um, the seat on the other side of the, mm. of the, you know, the aisle, the aisle, yeah. And uh, I, uh, we got to know each other, and we just started talking the way we're talking right now, and the conversation just went, and the more it went, the more the the deeper and the more intimate it got, and. Mm. Um, you know, there was a lot of, she had come from a lot of uh, trauma herself, and mm. she was actually coming back from a funeral. Her mom had just passed away, oh, and wow. and I was still very angry at my mom, so right. um, that's kind of the star cross in yeah. our trauma, you know what I mean? And, uh, but when we bumped into each other, there was just a sense of, we had both found kindness again. We had both mm. found someone who actually gives a damn about us that we don't have to worry about working with like because any of our coworkers can tell you they're your good buddy and it's easy to trust that but seriously if if the job if something happens at work what's what's it going to be the job or the friendship and when one of us moves on what's it going to be the new the new job or the friendship you know what right. i mean um especially when that new job distracts you from friends and and my life had been nothing but team teammates for acquaintances. Mm. I had never made I never ever had a real true friend who didn't want anything from me. And uh who I didn't want anything from either except to know, except the chance to yeah. be a part of. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And uh, that's all I want from somebody who I care about to find a way to be a part of their life in yeah. any little way that I can. And what you got me to think about was the present moment. And I remember one of the good things about our conversation was we both felt like when we had this hour and a half with each other, we both really wanted to talk to each other. We both were really nervous at first because right. we didn't want to come off creepy or weird. Yeah. <laughs> and it was, we both really relaxed as soon as we met and made eye contact and I just remember thinking, you know what? If this is all there is, then let's enjoy it for what mm. it is. You know what I mean? And that was the seed of our romance. That was the seed of our bond. And I just remember 
thinking to my I remember thanking her on that on that day and I remember taking her hand and caressed it and I just told her that you know for what it's worth you have set my journey on a very beautiful one and I'm always going to remember this moment with a lot of gratitude and a lot of appreciation so thank you coming into my life only for this moment and I would have kissed her and she would have wanted that and she and she wanted that and would have kissed me first had the kids not been there because Mm. the kids had never seen me before and she didn't want to spook them obviously (laughs) we were complete strangers who had just suddenly fallen in love it was just it was right out of a romance film right out of a Nora Ephron when she meets Sally kind of thing you know what I mean and um to this day, that memory, just the plane ride in itself, um, I thought for that moment, that was the only time I'd ever have with her. And, oh, uh, right. Wow. Because I didn't know we were going to, because I, I gave her my uh, contact information on YouTube, but I, uh, I didn't think she was going to subscribe. I didn't think she was going to come find me. I thought that, you know, it's like I'm going to be as... I'm going to love her as best as I can right here and now. And then I'm going to let her go because I don't want to get hurt. And the fact that she, the fact that she reached out a few days later was, so you do love me, Mm -hmm. you know? And, uh, you know, it's like, that was, you know, and we, uh, I told her how I felt and she told me the same and everything happened. And, and that's a whole other story too. But mm-hmm. um, the point is, um, the point is, I just remembering that moment for what it was in itself is still a very happy thought to this day. It's why I would never want to erase my memory of her because as much as mm-hmm. we grew to hate each, as much as we grew to hurt one another, as much as we grew to find out that there were a lot of things about one another that we could not live with. And that was just what it was. It wasn't anything personal. It's just, we were very different people. And the fact that we were both traumatized and ran into each other on an airplane and fell in love a little too quickly, maybe um, is how it eventually led to doom. And, um, Mm. but on the other hand, we both, we've gone on to lead much better lives since we parted and and it's a little bit sad sometimes to think about her happily ever after with a new man now um and i'm just being honest that doesn't make me a jealous person that doesn't make me a bitter person it just means that a a part of me will always love her and uh and that's what i told my mom when i picked when she picked me up and that was the moment where she said i know when Mm. the first when the first first no matter what always has um something that no other will ever have until you meet the one you know what i mean yes, like I do. you'll always the one will always be above the first but the first will always be the first you know what i mean yeah and um you know she was the first i ever had sex with properly you know what i mean she was yeah. the i it felt when we made love for the first time like it was a reset, you know what I mean? Back to that wow. sense of reset. That this is how it's done. This is the way Amazing. it should be. This is beautiful. And I really, really enjoyed it. I just couldn't, 
get over so many traumas at the time that related to sex that made it awkward for me for us to fool around. You know, sorry, that's another story. You get what I mean? Yeah, Um, absolutely. So uh, the point is, I miss my first, but she's, at least she's safe and at least she's well, and that's all I want for her. And that's what love is. Love is being happy for somebody, even if that happiness means something without you. You know what I mean? That's right. You can be happy for someone who you can't be with, you can be happy. You can share their happiness without being there to see it. You know what I mean? Yes. It's why I'm not on Facebook anymore. And uh, it's mm. it, it's really, it's not just her. Like she's, she's definitely a reason. She's not the only reason, but she is a reason I'm not on Facebook anymore. Um, but the point is I, I guess I still have a lot to learn about a lot to work through in heartbreak and fear of abandonment because uh, I think that's what really, I think that's what my story is really about. My story is about work through abandonment issues and Mm -hmm. trying to figure out how much of it I did to myself versus how much the world did it to me. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And um, trying to make the most with what I have and be grateful for what I have and just trying to do what I'm just trying to do as much as I can. Right. You know what I mean? I just want to be a good person. You know, I, I remember when I went to New Zealand a few years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I went on that trip after nine months of planning and just before the trip, something really fucked up happened and it really, it was really, it was, it involved my first and so much of the truth about where we moved from here came out that night. You know what I mean? And mm. I can appreciate it now for what it is. But at the time, I was really, really crushed by that. That all of a sudden, after all she meant to me, this is how low I am on her list of friendship priorities. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, been there. It's like she'll never, ever, ever be close to the person I met on the plane was the night that was how I felt that night. And that mm. feeling of when I come back from this trip, there's nothing to come back to. So why not go with my original plan nine months earlier when she left me to go there to die? Oh, wow. And I said it. It's out of the way. I've never said that to anybody. I've never, ever said that. Okay, maybe I have to a few people, but I've never really said it out loud for the world to hear, like like I'm standing before you today. Yeah. That originally the whole point of going to New Zealand was to disappear. I didn't wow. want to I didn't want this life anymore. I didn't want to keep working where I had been working. I didn't want to be limited to these kind of people for friends. I didn't want to be limited to this to this uh sense of this is all I can be in yeah. this environment. And when I went to New Zealand, I really tried to enjoy it. And it was a really beautiful place. And I, the good news is once I overcame my feelings, I can remember New Zealand very, very gracefully. Mm. Sad that I'm sad that I wasn't able to enjoy it more in the moment. But of course. When, 
but when I was there, it it really changed my life, and it really it really taught me that I can make anything happen and that I'm not too weak to go across the world all by myself. I am right. not too dumb. I am not too uh, incompetent. I do have confidence. I have enough confidence to jump out of an airplane. I have enough confidence to tattoo my face. I know that doesn't matter when nobody can see it, but... <laughs> Obviously, I make I make things happen. When I want something, I make That's it right. happen. If I can't see it, I find a way to make it. And uh, here's something that kept me from uh, going through with my initial plan mm. to when I went to New Zealand. So the here here's something that kept brought me back to America, coming to MIU. You know, I had thought about that for a long time. And um, when I was, uh, so many times when I was alone and I wanted to give up, I thought, but one day I just might get to come to MIU. It was called Maharishi uh, University of Management at the time. Right. And that was just a beautiful title, MUM. And the fact that Jim Carrey, my all-time hero, had spoken mm. there and he said so many powerful words there. The the fact that my the fact that the Beatles, who had kept me alive all throughout my early childhood, um that they were what got me through all of that confusion. All you need is love, give peace a chance to Amazing. they were the ones who got me thinking about values. You know what I mean? And yeah. um the point is, uh, where was I going with that? The point is their, their guru, I wanted to learn from his students, you know, who were now in charge. So it looked and I wanted to be exposed to this. And I, I had tried a little bit of meditation up to the time and I knew that I would get over what was bothering me eventually, but it was a, it was a pain in the ass to live with the disappointment if you know what i mean absolutely um, it was a pain in the ass to not want to trust anybody it was a pain in the ass to exhausting. feel like to feel like somebody should have told me what i wanted to hear fuck all of you for for <laughs> yes. for trying to stay out of it you know That's what right. i mean That's and right. um and god bless my mother for finally saying three months after i got home okay and here's what happened i said all I wanted was to hear someone say, I'm sorry that happened. Those people are being very immature. And my mom kind of mimicked me in a very loving, joking way. Okay. Okay. Here it goes. I'm sorry that happened. Those people are being <laughs> very immature. You happy now? I'm sorry it took this long for someone to say it. Yeah. And that, that was really the beginning of my healing with that disappointment yeah. that heartbreak exactly and someone to finally acknowledge what exactly. you've gone through and a month after that i had my visitors weekend at mum amazing so it opened the clouds all party. it took to get moving <laughs> again you know what i mean it's wow. like if i could just hear that one little thing right. i can let go of this much easier and move on to more important things and be like hey she's been gone for a long time already anyway Let's move forward now. You know, let's yeah. focus on Michi. You know, the last few, the last generation, because I was about to turn 30 as well. 
Yeah. I was thinking a lot about where my life had taken me and what I had done about it and where I wanted to take it. And I'm so grateful. I was so grateful when I turned 30 because I had recently got my acceptance letter and I had a direction for my 30s. I had an idea about having my degree by a certain time, being able to create a certain business by a certain amount of time. Yeah. And I was setting goals about I will have this much by this date and you know doing the Jim Carrey thing writing the check keeping it in my wallet Love looking it. at it <laughs> and I was on a roll and yeah. I was really high from that sense of I'm going to be somebody someday and uh, you know how I how I kind of spaced that for a second I'm going to be somebody someday but <laughs> Mitchie you are somebody you know yes and uh, when I came to the university, I realized that it would take a little bit of time. I, mm -hmm. Like once I got there, I didn't realize that just because I, I, I mean, I didn't, I didn't realize once I got there that it wouldn't all be there waiting for me. You know what I mean? That that yeah, that, that somebody that the work had only just begun. That when what I was so happy about was merely a treasure map. Like I kept thinking about the gold. I didn't think about the quest. You know what I mean? And as as yes. soon as I got there, I realized I was still the screwed up person I had been before. Like I knew I had to, I had to work on change and, and I knew I'd have to do that. And I was determined to do that. And, uh, and I met somebody, uh, very early on i met i met you and that was really awesome and uh but i met somebody really beautiful young lady in her early 20s and she came she, she approached me and that was a good feeling just like my first approached me and mm. morgan freeman says let them chase you and um <laughs> you know a girl likes you on some level when she goes out of her way to meet you you know what i mean that's true and uh it was really wonderful and uh we got to know each other a little bit and uh and then this other guy came into the room and um you know nothing was nothing was for certain yet and we were all kind of we were all brand new so nothing nothing was in, was set in stone by any means but mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um they met and they uh went on together and uh i had to keep going on my journey and yeah. uh i had to keep working on my story and I had to keep thinking about while I live my story, how do I want to remember it looking back at it one day? You know what I mean? Do I want to remember this time as being a waste of time and completely useless? Or do I want to remember this as I did the best I fucking could to learn something? You know what I mean? That's right. <laughs> and um, yeah, you have that choice. And that was really what got me through being away from home and uh, being you know, it was it was wonderful to think about coming to MIU until I got there. I'm still enrolled at MIU, and I still think it's a good school for me. Mm -hmm. I just the honeymoon phase is just over, and <laughs> yeah, I'm so that. grateful to do this online from Portland. I don't give a damn about how some of the uh, politics rule in Iowa. I feel like. Um, mm. I need to be where um, I need to be where my family is. And um, because that's uh, that's another difficulty that I have. I 
Shortly after my first and I broke up, my aunt passed away and um, I suddenly realized that my mom and I were all each other had left um, because wow. the grandparents were gone. The, um, the, unc our, uh, the uncle, my mom's younger brother, he came and he was the exec he was the appointed executor um, according to um, the only will they could find. Um, and uh, I couldn't be wrong about that, so don't take that too seriously. But anyway, he knew what my aunt wanted to do, even though she hadn't finalized it. She knew how she, he knew how she wanted it, mm. but took advantage of the uh, the legality in place. There wasn't a legal oh, shit, really? will, so by law, it went the way it went instead of going the way he knew Aunt Marcia wanted it to go, mm. which was basically three ways between him, my mom, and I. Mm -hmm. And by law, the only people it could go to were him and my mom. And so I kind of, from a certain point of view, which isn't always mine, other people think this too. My first thinks this, my mother thinks this. I kind of got the short end of the stick in that situation when my aunt passed and uh, she had always been, she had always been there for me. She taught me a lot about, you know, being kind. And yeah. when I'd go to, when I'd go to see her, I'd see her successful mansion, her fancy condo. And mm -hmm. she was always, she always gave me a break from, you know, I always had to be on my best behavior when I was with my mom and, I thought that the more I behaved, the more time she'd spend with me. Right. I think that's probably what it was about. Um, yeah, of course. I often affiliated her leaving me alone with other people as a form of punishment. And so, um, mm. like, if she made me stay the night at that person's house, I probably did something wrong. Um, right. And, so then you think uh, of yourself as bad on some level. Yeah. Right. And uh, don't tell her I said that. Um it's hard, man, because the truth is, talking about my family, anybody in my family, whether it's my aunt, mom, my uncle, my dad, you know, how do I talk about terrible things in my story that involve really wonderful people? I mean, my, my, I don't want to tell a story about how I have an evil Uncle Scar who I had to i had to kill in order to take my place in the world you know what i mean right which is kind of what happened I, I didn't have to i didn't there was no killing but i had to take him to court because um wow my aunt was holding on to some money that legally belonged to me and that's how i funded the trip to go to new zealand and um i had um walked into a financial trap and i i was able to get out um before it got before it got too deep mm. but uh it was it was a financial scam and i i was in an emergency situation oh wow and uh i had this money that my aunt had for me that my grandma had left me and she gave it to my aunt to hold on to because they didn't trust me to take care of it and that's true i couldn't have taken care of it Mm. with the with the the person i was could not right. have taken care of it properly at that time um at the time so they did me a favor by holding on to it for me 
Um, but when she died, I needed money more than ever in order to create that clean slate. I wanted to either die or start my life over. So that's what that money was all about. Yeah, no more fence sitting. Uh huh. And you know, coming to school was a great way to get that clean slate again. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, no one would have to know what kind of person I was in Portland, but the person I was in Portland followed me to Fairfield. And so I was really ashamed when I was suddenly surrounded by hippies and all the people I dreamt about hanging out with. You were everything. You were everything I looked for in a friend. You were, I hope when I get there, I meet people like you. And then, you suddenly appeared and, <laughs> and I can only say that now looking back because you know everything was so overwhelming while it was happening right. I didn't know who I would meet what I might ask and in the end you were very much my only friend who kind of who kind of stuck to the uh on on, to, on the treasure on the treasure sh- on, on the pirate ship moving yeah. forward you know what I mean like I think of myself as a metaphoric pirate in a lot of ways that when mm. things are rough, the it's it's like being on the sea that we'll get through it. And, um, yeah. you know, I always try to have a Captain Jack Sparrow outlook on problems. And, um, you know, <laughs> I'm he, honored to be your friend, man. Yeah. Yeah. You are a great friend. And again, I thank you for having me here today i hope i'm not rambling too much no Uh, not at all no that's exactly this is how we normally talk exactly yeah things just flow yeah yeah so that's how i know i have Uh that's how you know what yeah i was just gonna say that uh coming back to the story i was saying um i uh eventually won I took him to court and I won. I never heard from him again though. And so I got that money and I felt just like Michael Jackson when he got off on his charges where people accused him and he went to court and they found him not guilty and his family went to embrace him. It's like, Michael, this is great. And he said, no, it's not. He didn't win. The fact that people would accuse him in the first place, the fact that he had to go to court Mm -hmm. in the first place really took a toll on him the way it did on me too you know what i mean it's Mm -hmm. like um i was go i had enough money on my credit card to borrow to at least leave the country for the plan x if you know what i mean and i needed to avoid plan x because um when my aunt died she had a real issue with kind of thing and it really scared her that i might do that because it was very clear by how much he loved me, by how much he looked out for me, that I wasn't happy with the life I, with the life I had created for myself. And when she died, she was very worried about me. And um, in fact, I asked her for the money the day before she died, and she said she'd give it to me. But she yelled at me by text about, "Don't ask me to do this again. I'm very disappointed." And then the next day, she died. Oh, and wow. And then my, and then there was no check. There was no, there was no way to get it out without it going through my uncle who had the power to deny that. You know what I mean? He had the power. He had the, but he also had the power to do something about it. He had the power to give it to me sooner, you know? Mm, And, um, 
he also had the power to speak up for me about, no, this really needs to go three ways. He could have given me some of his share, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, I never heard from him again. No birthday card, no, no, we don't talk on Christmas. And, um, you know, I was able to take my trip and then I got into another fight with my first and it involved a few other mutual friends and a lot of side taking and that can happen in, in a, in an environment like we were in at the time. Um, And then I went to New Zealand and I tried to make the most of it. And it was everything I dreamt it would be. It was Mm. wonderful. It was gorgeous. It was proof that I can make things happen, but it was also, um, it was also just one chapter that I knew wouldn't last. But the whole time I was there, I knew it wasn't going to last. You know what I mean? Mm. And um, and again, it was just so overwhelming. I filmed a lot. And um, when I watch those videos now, they're really great because the, the you can't see in the videos what was going on in my head. All you see are the trees, all you see is the beach, all you see is the sand, all you remember is what the what the what the wine tastes like. You know, just seeing yeah. the picture just reminds me of that moment with those people. And we were we were a family. We, I went with a tour and we were a family. Oh, nice. For the weeks that we were together, we really looked out for each other, and mm. I went for a hike, a four-hour, a four-hour long, ten-kilometer hike with one other guy who was like me, very introverted, very, um, very close to his family. He had his parents and his brother, and they lived on a farm, and they didn't really, or maybe they. Basically, what I got from him, when I heard from his story, it was such a long time ago, was he really only had his family and a few others. He wasn't a big extroverted kind of guy and he didn't really need that. He didn't feel like three weeks of a tour in New Zealand was enough time to make lifelong friends. You know what I mean? And, um, lifelong connections. And, uh, and I kind of agreed with him. It's like, this is, this is all great for a while. This is all great now, but it's going to end very soon. And, What's the point of getting too attached to it? You know what I mean? There were moments of, there were feelings of that while I was on the trip and related to that. Um, But we both hung out anyway. We both did our best to make the most of it. And we went on this hike together and we got to know each other a lot. And, uh, and that was a great thing. It was just two guys talking the way we're just talking right now. And that's how I best communicate. That's how I'm best with people. That's, it's really awesome when, I can communicate with somebody like this because it's a lot easier than being at a party with a lot of people, a lot of kids. I agree. (laughs) Um, It can be really loud and it can be really hard to get somebody's attention and maintain it. You know what I mean? Because there's other people in the cafeteria. There's the table doesn't belong to just me and her. It belongs to Mm -hmm. these other guys and these other girls who want to come and sit and get to know us. And, you know, and, um, Again, this is kind of how my story goes in very different directions, and yeah. yet it all and yet it all comes together at the same time. That's you know? right. That's right. Um, um, so where was I? I came back and just tried. I took a little time off to figure out where to go. I came to school, and um, I realized that. Looking back at it now, because now that I'm home, 
-hmm. I really needed to just get away and just reset myself a little bit. I needed to go meditate for a while. I needed to be, I needed to make another dream come true. I did that. You know, it was great to have the experience of going off to college, even though a year later I came home because of the pandemic, which none of us knew was going to happen. None of us knew this is what was going to, how it was going to be. And we're just trying to make the most of it. Yeah. And I can either, I can either say bang, I give up, which is very easy to do right now. Mm. Or I can just be grateful that I've made it this far, given everything that I've overcome, you know, and knowing that I have the people that I still have are amazing. You're one of those people. My mother is one of those people. And I'm not giving up. You know what I mean? Hell yeah. It was, it, it served its purpose. When I came back, I was ready to come home. You know, yeah, I, you I didn't that. come back. I came home. Ooh, this is my home. Yeah. This is my kingdom. This is my, this is my little castle. It may not look like something out of a fairy tale, but it's everything. A castle is what you're supposed, what you're supposed to feel. A castle, how a castle is supposed to make you feel. Yeah. How this place makes me feel the best, you know? And I really, really love our home. I love my room. I love having somebody to live with. You know, I live with my mom and I'm really proud of that. And I'm glad that we look out for each other. We, we live like mates. We're two adults. Um, yeah. But we do have, we do have mother and son bondship on some level, you know, um, and that's really great. And um, I'm now working at a um, new place and that's kind of where my story kind of doesn't really end but simply we're just caught up (laughs) catches up you know what i mean yeah and i don't really want to talk about the job right now just because not because i'm ashamed of it i love i love what it is i love what i do it's great to get up in the morning and put these put these exercises put these practices into practice it's mm-hmm. everything that we've been learning from you know the consciousness learning yeah, yeah yeah finally doing something about it like we went to school together and we learned all of these ideas that we could have found for much cheaper if we'd gone to the library um True. I've done a lot of that. (laughs) And um, it was all wonderful, but what can I do with this? There's nothing here in Fairfield to do about it, you know, because that's right. Such a bubble. There's no, there's no no job where this matters. You know what I mean? There's Mm. no, there's nothing here that this matters. And at least not to me, it doesn't like I can take this anywhere and be happier knowing that, people i love and need me and need me and love me yeah and so you're able to take that home and you Mm -hmm. have all these new tools you have all this new introspection Uh and just by having that and living that you're able to move forward with it and affect everybody around you you know so you're you're kind of bringing fairfield back (laughs) exactly i was upset that no one in the rest of the world knew about this. I thought it was intriguing that mm. what meditation can do in the schools, that when we say bring prayer back into schools, let's bring faith back into school. Like let's bring 
a little a half hour of quiet time where we can practice our sense of bliss you know what i mean That's whether right. it's meditation whether it's prayer like let's create a space like that for all children because this isn't taught at public schools this isn't made mainstream and i'm very upset about that i'm upset with our government for it i'm upset with our culture for it and um you know i started asking myself those questions what can i do to make this more available to people because this is great and it's making me feel a lot better about who i am and um i'm talking specifically about the meditation and the sense of block systems instead of multi ta- multitasking learning i realize how that's important but when it comes to ideas one idea at a time is better than a million ideas hitting at you at once you know what i mean yeah it is um it's it's exhausting to walk home to from school every day juggling two plus two equals mixed with how to spell difficulty <laughs> yeah 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 mixed with what is the sum of a nice sausage triangle <laughs> right you get what i'm saying it's like exactly. all, trying to think about all this at the same time is too exhausting you know what i mean and um i really appreciated the school for that aspect that yeah. they made it a lot easier for people and and i appreciated that about the school but i felt like with all due respect I can do this from home and yeah. feel like I can have everything else too. I My education is very important to me, but it's not the only thing. I'm not the kind of guy that likes to sit in class all day and listen to lectures. I like to go out there and do something. That's how I learned best. I learned more with all due respect from the job that I do in one week than I did from a whole year at mm-hmm. MIU. It's nothing personal to MIU. It's just I'm going to finish just because I want my degree and I want to get my master's. Really, I really just want to get my master's or my PhD. It's not about, it's really not about a bachelor's. I'm just working my way up the ladder. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Um, what I really just, I really just want to, uh, I really just want to keep growing. And I find that I do a lot of that by just navigating my navigating my own approach to I yeah. do everything my way. You know what I mean? It's like I everything I do with Mitchie. You know what I mean? I Yeah, you do too. I have I have a very strange way of learning, a very unique way of learning. It's like this is what my mom meant when when I came out at the very beginning it's like i came out very one of a kind and that's right and like you were talking about earlier uh with this this mental chatter this mental busyness that we all have it's like getting into a space where you are growing in those ways where you are Mm -hmm. moving forward you're evolving with that and that's that's what your story is all about it is about overcoming incredible things, incredible odds, facing impossible difficulties. And you keep coming out on top. You keep meeting better and better people, becoming a better and better person. You're loving yourself more and more all the time, you know? 
And it's just so cool for me as a friend to see that and to see you grow and to see you become more and more fulfilled and learning about who you are and sharing that with others, like in these kinds of spaces. It's really, it's really inspiring. Thank you. Um, thank you for creating a space that we're able to talk about ourselves. Like it's, yeah. Whenever I don't get this chance, I wish for it. And yeah. now it's here. It's like, oh God, where do, how do I, how do I do this? <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? And I realized, okay, maybe I don't necessarily like, like to talk too much about myself at a time. Mm. That was not to confuse anybody. So this was a really great way to kind of, if I was going to write my memoir, what are the things that, that I'm going to be focusing on? Like, obviously right. I had a, a very interesting story relationship with my mom very very similar to Forrest Gump you know what I mean like mm. that was the kind of you know she she always had a way of explaining things so I could understand them she always said that stupid is what stupid does Mr. Wagner so <laughs> uh, yeah. you get what I mean um yeah. I I really want to ask you some questions though like um I mean, I, obviously, you're the you're hosting, but I guess my question to you is, um, if they ever, uh, well, let me ask you this: how how uh, are there any things about? Is there anything about my story that? sheds light on your story and if so could you maybe share a brief example of that just so we can all get to know a little bit about who you are what i'm trying to do is i don't like it when it's all about me and so sure, i sure. really like to just make it a little bit about you too because you're really important and uh you know you're i may be the special guest but you're the star of the show and i want to make sure <laughs> that everyone realizes that because we're you're the hero right now. You're the Gandalf giving Bilbo um, <laughs> best buddy, you know, and no, I, I really appreciate you for that. And um, <clears throat> you're, you're, you're the Qui-Gon to my Obi-Wan, so. Okay. <laughs> uh, you have more hair than I do, so. <laughs> for now, for now. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, like, a lot of your story I've related with a lot. Um, again, we have so many similarities and parallels and this idea of, you know, I had a similar story with your, um, um, New Zealand story, you know, I've been through those kinds of dark thoughts as well. I, you know, I'm a, I'm a survivor of suicidal ideation myself. I mean, I've gone through a, like, you know, only child, all these, all these kinds of things feeling like. And I think this is a big part of our generation as well. It's not so unique with us. And that's the ironic thing. It feels, we all feel as millennials, we feel like we're literally the only person going through these super bizarre, super isolating, really difficult, you know, heavy situations. And then when we have conversations like this, when we actually take the time to ask, it turns out we're all going through it. And it's like, we're so caught up in what we're going through that we can't see past it. 
And nobody would blame us, too, for the most part. The things that we are going through as a generation, um, it's actually been said that millennials have the highest amount of stress of any generation to have ever lived. And we are in war. Like, we didn't go to Vietnam. We, we weren't in World War or anything. And yet mm. we still have higher amounts of stress. I mean, really listen to that statement. That is incredible. I mean, that's absolutely amazing to compare it to those incredibly traumatizing situations. And yet we're walking around carrying more stress and trauma than the previous generations, you know, and we don't, we don't understand it ourselves. So we have such a hard time connecting with that, understanding it, healing from it and really finding our place in the world. And Mm -hmm. so I hear, I hear so much of that with your story and with what you were, with what you were saying. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just, I feel like for me, it feels so nice to be able to connect with that and to be able to, um, you know, have a relationship on a similar level saying like, wow, actually they're, they're, they're quite different, but our stories are quite similar as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that way, it's just been, yeah, I really, I really enjoy that. Um, and this, I don't want this episode to get too much, too long. You know, we want it to be to be consumable <laughs> and uh, feel free to edit edit this as however you see fit okay i um really appreciate your time and i uh just want to say thank you again for everything that you do and of course, uh, man. um yeah uh i don't know how to end this i thank you yeah and- no well thank you thank you for for Agreeing to be on the show. I mean, I feel like you have such an important story. You really do. And I feel like there's other people who have a similar story who are going to hear this and say, oh my God, I'm not alone. I mean, really, like what if you heard this from someone else, you know, when you were going through everything you went through? To feel that you're just at least not alone with one other person is everything when you're in those really dark places. So thank you. Thank you for coming on. (laughs) You will be in touch, okay, brother? Yeah, definitely so, man. Sounds good. Have a great day. Yeah, you too. Take care, man.